Hello everyone, welcome back to That's Lame. It's me, your host, Mara McKenzie, back again with another episode. Wow, I am so excited, and I'm very excited that this is going up on Wednesday, as promised. If you don't follow our Instagram, you should, it's at That's Lame Podcast. But if you aren't on there, you wouldn't know that I announced that I'm going to be posting every Wednesday. So you can expect an episode from me every single Wednesday. And if I don't post, you can be very upset with me. I give you full permission and I don't even care. So do it. Be mad at me, but also please motivate me to get back on here. So guys, I decided I want to start every episode with just giving you a little update on what going on in my life. Um, Like I mentioned last time I was on here, I'm currently in Rome, Italy, and I'm here for a missions trip here with an organization called Greater Europe Missions, and I'm doing their summer program, which is called 10-2, after Luke 10-2. So I'm here. We're really just mainly building relationships with Italians and refugees here just through a various different uh, ministry opportunity like we ran an English camp for some refugees in this neighborhood we're like focused on three neighborhoods we've been doing prayer walking recently and street evangelism so yeah it's been a very fun experience but also a really hard one and it's been kind of interesting because I don't think you would know I'm on a missions trip if I didn't say this, like, because I'm in Rome, so obviously I'm having a lot of fun and exploring when we have free time, but also we're here to do ministry, and we're doing that all the while that we're here. But I definitely want to talk about that experience in particular in its own episode. So, yeah, that's just a little update. Today, we were supposed to go get tattoos, but they told us that we needed to make a appointment with them. So we are going to be doing that on Friday, hopefully. And yeah, I'm just kind of recording this today and spending a lot of the day by myself. Something that I've been trying to prioritize while I've been here is spending alone time because I'm actually a really introverted person, but I've loved being around people on this trip. So it's hard for me to just like step away from things a lot of the time and so I've been trying to intentionally do that and fun fact about me I don't feel like I'm alone or having true alone time unless I'm completely alone like in a room by myself and I know that nobody's coming back in the room for a long time so that's the situation that I'm in today and it's very exciting all the girls and guys are kind of having an alone day and I think it's very good for us Mondays are off days and today is Monday Let's just get right into the topic, shall we? Okay, so today's episode is one that is probably going to be a hard podcast for me to film, and I just want to give a quick trigger warning because today's episode is called Eating Disorders Are Lame, and I'm pretty much just going to be talking about my experience with eating disorders and also how I feel like we as a society view women and just the pressures that we put on them and kind of some of my theories of why eating disorders are so prevalent 
within women. I know that men also struggle with eating disorders and um, I'm not looking past that at all, but yeah, I just want to give sort of my experience and what I've dealt with and my sort of process of being and dealing with an eating disorder, but I know that that is a hard subject for a lot of people to talk about or even listen to, so if this something, if listening to this isn't going to be something that's helpful to your journey with eating disorders, please do not listen. Um, my main goal is that this would help someone or at least just be a comforting thing for someone because eating disorders can be very isolating. So I do want to start this also by saying that I'm not a professional, obviously, I'm not a doctor, and if you're looking for any medical advice, this is not the place. If you're looking for any advice really on the subject at all, this is not the place. This is just going to be me talking about my experience with eating disorders and sort of what I think causes it a lot of the time. So I am first going to read scripture, of course, because I want to know what the Bible says about this and the struggle. And we know that Jesus Christ has experienced every feeling on earth, so we can be comforted in knowing that he understands eating disorders. So 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments with every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God, and take every thought captive to obey Christ. And Luke ten nineteen says, Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. Those two verses, you might be wondering, how does that relate to an eating disorder? Well, I think it's important to acknowledge that this is not just a wrestle against flesh. This is not just a wrestle against um, all of the different psychological issues that an eating disorder brings. But this is a wrestle against the enemy. This is a wrestle against sin that has entered the world. And I think to brush over that and not acknowledge that would be a disservice. And also, we wouldn't really be getting to the root of the issue. I mean, all of humankind has fallen, and so we live in a broken world. And so when we get to heaven someday, there will be no eating disorders. There will be no bad relationships with food. There will be no sin. Any bad thing in the world is not going to exist anymore. And having that perspective um, is not my heart to just brush past all the other aspects of an eating disorder. It's not just a spiritual fight, but it's a physical fight. But it did give me a broader perspective when I've been wrestling with this eating disorder or eating disorders. And um, I think it's something that has really grounded me and rooted me in scripture in um, just really acknowledging where my help comes from and it's from the Lord. So yeah, guys, let's get into the fun stuff. Just kidding. This might be a little heavy, but I'm going to try and make it as entertaining as possible. And so yeah, let's just get right into it. So a little about me. I grew up with a healthy view of food. I was chilling. I was chilling like a villain and I was just eating whatever I wanted. I was very active growing up. My parents were pretty adamant about me doing something. 
Um, they didn't care what, but they wanted us to be involved in a sport, a club, whatever our interests were, they wanted us to pursue it. And so, yeah, we weren't allowed to just, like, do nothing, which I loved. I really liked doing all the things. Sometimes I'd be like, oh, mom, dad, I really don't want to play baseball this year or whatever it was. But I played and I played. Um, I grew up playing basketball primarily. Uh, my whole family is a big basketball family. I am the disappointment of the family being that I dropped out of the basketball uh, mafia. Just kidding, it's not a mafia, but just dropped out of basketball, okay? When I was in middle school. I think I stopped playing in seventh grade. I don't know. Correct me, mom and dad, if I'm wrong. But I stopped playing and I got super into competitive cheerleading kind of around this time too. So I was a competitive cheerleader growing up. And if you know anything about competitive cheerleading, it is an intent. First of all, it is a sport. I will fight you all day on that. It's a sport. Go watch a cheer competition video and try and tell me that it's not a sport, please. But it was, it's a pretty intense sport, if you know anything about it. It's like gymnastics on crack, um, mixed in with like dance and just a million different things. So I did competitive cheer, which is very different than high school cheer. If you don't know, it's kind of like club. Like if you played like a club sport for any sports, a lot of them have clubs you can go play and competitive cheer is like a club and then you can also cheer on like your high school team or your college team but it's all different and competitive cheer is like a club team that you compete against other club teams on so it's pretty intense but I think cheerleading just really has a negative culture when it comes to like body image and food but when I was in cheer I wouldn't say that I was super hyper focused on that I think there were periods where I felt insecure like we would wear a sports bra and spandex to practice, and that's like a little, first of all, skimpy. But second of all, it's very revealing, and there's mirrors all around you. So you're just spending your whole practice looking at yourself in the mirror and spandex in a sports bra and all of these other girls in the mirror and spandex in a sports bra. And obviously, everyone's body is different, and you're going to see those differences. So I kind of would at times get insecure but my main thing when I was in cheer is that I just really wanted to be strong like the big thing in cheer is to have the six pack it's to be just super strong ripped toned legs toned arms yeah six pack like I said like I just literally wanted to be Hulk but girl Hulk okay like cute little Hulk yeah I don't really know that it was like a super negative thing for me but I do remember like sometimes being super motivated to get a six pack and I would do like <laughs> I thought it was being super motivated but like really it was being so lazy I would do like 20 sit-ups a night and I was like oh, wow I'm gonna get a six pack in like a couple weeks like wow I'm really seeing progress and I would like just do that whatever but I remember like looking at myself in the mirror a lot um just trying to be as strong as possible but I'm kind of in some ways glad that I was in cheer because I saw strong bodies and saw them as beautiful. Like I never have been the type of person that's just wanted to be like super frail and like skinny. I always wanted to be like strong and super toned and whatever. There's unhealthy things that come with that too, but I'm kind of thankful for cheerleading and that it gave me like a really positive view of 
um, strong bodies for women. Even like the uniforms in cheerleading, it's like a sports bra in spandex, like the little tiny skirt. And it's just a very sexualized culture in a lot of ways, um, which is a bummer because it's a really serious sport. But the outfits and the way you look is just as much a part of the sport as like the actual skills are which is very, very toxic. I think that's kind of the same thing when it comes to dance and gymnastics and are we seeing a pattern all primarily girl-dominated sports. There's just this sexualization and this sort of competitive spirit that comes with the way you look. Like, I remember going to competitions and being like, we need to be, like, the best-looking team because if you don't know, when you're in a cheer competition you spend half your time at the competition warming up in the back with all of these other teams and you really have to like put on a face like it's game time like we go beast mode in the back it was so fun the adrenaline was awesome but it was very much like comparing yourself to the other team like how does this team look even like it's not even just like their skills it's like are they pretty and I don't know if I'm just like a really toxic person and or like my team was super toxic and we did that but I'm pretty sure it's a pretty universal thing in cheer to be like we need to look like cheerleaders because it's the makeup it's the hair the hair is atrocious by the way I love it I literally love it but it's atrocious like you tease your hair to high heaven and my hair was so damaged by the end of cheer let me just say but yeah, it's the makeup, it's the hair, it's the outfit, it's everything. It's the tan even. You get a spray tan before a cheer competition. Why? Nobody knows. I don't really, I mean, obviously it makes you look better in some sense, but also you look like an Oompa So it's fine, but yeah, that's the culture that I was in for very formative years of my life. I was in it in early middle school to like late high school. And yeah, I was pretty intense about it. In some ways. I was, like, obsessed with it, but, like, I was low-key about it at the same time. There's some girls that go ham with the cheer identity, but I was, you know, I was somewhere in the middle. But anyway, did cheer. Once I stopped doing cheer, which I also did high school cheer, which, by the way, was a terrible experience. I hated it. Everything about it was toxic. I think if I went back and did it, I would have a better, like, more mature perspective there was literally so much drama, so much drama. It was insane. And yeah, that culture was also super looks-based. Yeah, it was just like I was very much rooted in this identity of looking a certain way. And obviously, when you're a cheerleader and like you're, okay, like you're pretty cheerleader. Oh my gosh, like in all the movies, it's like the pretty cheerleader or whatever. And, like, I just wanted to be that. And there would be certain times where people would give me that sort of attention and it felt really good. I'm not going to lie. I loved being seen as, like, the pretty cheerleader. But also, whenever I tell people I cheered in high school or, like, did competitive cheer, they're like, I just don't see that at all. Like, that's crazy. And I honestly thank you because <laughs> I feel like the stereotype of, like, a cheerleader personality is really not something I'm resonating with or wanting or striving to be. If you are a typical cheerleader, you know what? You're awesome. I love you with all my heart. Kiss, kiss. But also, yeah, I'm just, yeah, that's not really who I am. I just liked the competition about it. So that's just kind of an insight on like my growing up experience. I think another element of this that's really important to share is that I mentioned this last episode and also said this, I'll say it again, 
going to go more in depth on this whole experience, but I got attention from an older guy. I got attention from a senior guy when I was a freshman in high school. We dated. It was a terrible relationship. Literally awful. It literally couldn't be worse, but I will talk about that very in depth another time, but I'm trying to figure out how to best to do it because I don't want to disclose the identity of this person, but I got attention from him. It was like a very big thing in my life and a big deal to like my friends and just my community. And so I felt like that further rooted my identity and my worth in the way I looked like, oh, you're pretty. You're getting attention from these guys. Therefore, we all like you and think that you're cool because of that. And Whenever I stopped doing cheer, it was the first time in my life where I wasn't playing a sport. I wasn't really doing anything. I don't really remember why my parents let me just stop um, doing anything. They probably encouraged me to do something, but I was probably like, "Eh, no. And at that point, I was kind of too old to be like forced into doing something. So it was my junior year of high school. I stopped cheering. We moved to San Diego and I gained a lot of weight because I wasn't working out. I wasn't eating right. And I was eating the exact same that I was when I was cheering, but one, I was becoming a woman, so my body was completely changing. And two, I wasn't working out like a beast every day, so I couldn't be just eating whatever I wanted. And so once I started getting weight, at first I was like, huh, like, why aren't my shorts fitting anymore? Why don't I look as good in this top anymore? Like, why don't I feel comfortable in my own skin? And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I have gained a lot of weight and I would see pictures of myself and be like, that's what I look like. Like, wow, that's not what I thought I looked like. I'm very disappointed in the way I look. And I was very insecure and we moved to San Diego and I had a super hard time making friends. I had friends. If any of them listen to this podcast, I'll just give them a shout out. They were great friends. They were really great people but we didn't have the same values. None of them are Christians. Um, They were very much into like the party scene and just like everything was heightened in California. Like the way that you look and the value in how you look is like a very big thing in California, which is super unfortunate. I wish it wasn't, but it just seems to be what it's like there. And I gained weight, had a hard time making friends, So I attributed the weight gain and my insecurity in the way that I looked with people don't like me. Then the thought process started of I'm fat, people don't like me, I'm skinny, people really like me. I was really just stuck in this place of insecurity for a long time. But finally I was like, okay, I'm legitimately not comfortable in my skin anymore. I can't go on a run like I used to be able to. I can't go on hikes and not feel extremely fatigued. Like I want to lose weight. I want to get strong. I want to just be healthier. And it honestly was a really healthy mindset. I wasn't really focused on food. I just wanted to work out. Again, I hadn't been working out. So I was like, I need to get back into a routine, work out, whatever. Start working out. I went to Soul Cycle a lot, Soul Cycle Queen. I went to orange theory a lot and loved it and that's when I kind of discovered that I really prefer to lift weights and that was super exciting to me and what do you know I lost the weight I really did I think that there was some element of like changing my diet but it was more just like ordered a couple more salads here and there yeah I just focused on like doing what I believed was like a healthy lifestyle and 
this went on. I lost weight. And a big motivator for this, too, was that I was going to college. And I wanted people to like me in college. I really wanted to make friends. And I thought, if I look better, people will want to be my friend more. So unhealthy. <laughs> Literally, who is she? I don't know. I was back to what I thought was my normal self. And, you know, I felt great. I looked great. I was really strong. I was really healthy. I just ate. I honestly worked out so that I could eat more because your girl loves to eat. I literally love food. So I get to college. I look better. I make a lot of friends. So this now means in my mind that I'm affirmed in my thought process of skinny equals popular, fat equals lonely. I immediately was like, okay, well, then I need to not ever gain another pound. Like I can never gain weight again. I never want to feel like that again. It sucked. I was in the worst place ever when I was like just really overweight for my personal body and just lonely. Like it was terrible. And I affirmed that and passed Mara. But I was like, I never want to gain weight again because people won't like me. And so I became super hyper aware of my appearance, like insanely hyper aware. When I look back at pictures, I was a twig. Like, call me string bane. I was literally a twig. I was so small. I don't know why I was so insecure. And that's the funny thing about these things is you don't have an accurate eye for yourself when you're in this unhealthy mindset and when you're having these, like, disordered eating thoughts. You just don't see yourself how you are. I'm not going to talk about how much I, what I looked like that much, actually. It's kind of not really the point of this. But anyway, when I look back, I just kind of laugh because I'm like, seriously, girl, you were whatever. And I just became really hyper aware of the way I looked. I was really insecure. If there was any roll on my stomach, I was like, no, like I'm fat, whatever. My legs are a big like trigger point for me. I just don't really, I never have had the smallest legs. I now love it. I love having strong legs. Um, but at the time it was just like, Ugh, I just don't like the way I look. And it was so silly now that I look back. It just led to a really restrictive eating pattern. I am hesitant to say any of this because I don't... I know that my past self would watch stuff of people who had eating disorders and they would talk about what they used to do when they were really skinny and then I would follow what they said. So I'm not going to say what I did, but I'll just say I wasn't eating had an eating disorder. I was very, 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 very restrictive and very scared of food. If I ate something that I deemed as unhealthy, like let's say I ate whatever that day, I'm not going to say what, but probably a very small amount of food and had a cookie that night, breakdown, like freaking out. I remember there was one day where I got really out of control with food and ate a lot of food or what I thought was a lot of food. It probably wasn't at all. I went to some party and they had chips out and like some other sweets, or whatever. Delish. I ate it and I ate probably a normal amount of it. But to me and my eating disorder brain, I was like, no, I just ruined everything. I'm going to gain all my weight back. Like, are you kidding me? I'm freaking out. We get back from this party. I tell everyone I'm going for a walk. I proceed to walk around my campus for, I'm going to say an hour. 
burning off all the calories that I consumed. And I was exhausted. It was so painful. I felt sick. I felt terrible. And I just felt tired all the time because I would do this to myself. I would just try and eat as little as possible. And then if it ever, I ever consumed more than I thought was a reasonable amount of food or like a small amount of food, I'd freak out and try and get rid of it by burning it off. And there were also times where I would like have a mini like indulgence in food. Like we went to our friend's house one time my freshman year and we made this cookie cake like a pizookie or uh like a cookie skillet people call it different things i call it pizookie if you don't call it pizookie that's fine but you're wrong and we ate it and i felt so guilty that i purged and if you don't know what that is it is when you throw up food and it just yeah that would happen sometimes it wasn't really a regular occurrence but Sometimes I would feel so guilty and I wouldn't be able to, like, go on a walk to, like, get rid of the food. Yeah, even just thinking about that is hard for me. Thinking about all of this is really hard for me. So if I'm coming off in, like, a really nonchalant way, that isn't my heart or, like, my experience at all. It's just a hard topic to talk about and it feels embarrassing even now. But, yeah, my freshman year ends. I going to my sophomore year and I'm really tired. The quarantine was really hard for me with my eating disorder because I feel like in quarantine we all kind of experienced a weird relationship with food because it was kind of the only event during the day because I wasn't going anywhere. I wasn't doing anything. So making lunch or like making this extravagant dinner or whatever was like the only thing to look forward to for me at least. And I couldn't eat it because I was afraid of it. And so... Quarantine was terrible. I like resisted, resisted, resisted eating food, but I was so hungry and I was so tired and all I wanted to do was like eat a normal meal, but I just wouldn't let myself, like I just wouldn't go there. Come back for my sophomore year. I'm not doing well. I think that I look great, but looking back at pictures, it's just, it's not a good look. Whenever we went home for that winter break, I got really into watching this YouTuber, her name's Stephanie Buttermore. She is a fitness YouTuber, so she's been really lean most of her life and has struggled with food a lot and like this insatiable kind of hunger. And I was like, yeah, I'm experiencing that too. She did this whole all-in journey where she just allowed herself to eat as much as she needed for the day um, until she was full. And so because her like leptin and ghrelin, which are the chemicals in your body that tell your, you you're full and are hungry were so off because of the kind of restrictive nature of her diet in doing, um, what's it called? Like bodybuilding competitions. She had a really high appetite. So she did this whole all in thing. And I was like, man, I just want to do that. Like, I just want to be able to eat until I'm full. And so I decided to do that. I was so over it. And I decided to do that. And you know what? I could go into a lot of detail of the rest of my eating disorder journey. And I might do that another time. But today, I just kind of want to talk about sort of, I'll give you a brief synopsis of my recovery. And then I kind of want to talk about my theories of 
why this happens to girls so often and how we can change it. So I kind of, since watching Stephanie's video, was like, okay, I want to recover. And there's a lot of, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of stories I could tell you since then. And there's a lot more to this story. But I recovered and I'm still recovering. I am actually in Italy like right now, like I said, and I feel like the Lord has really set me free from my eating disorder and I haven't had a lot of control over food so it's been super encouraging for me to just let go of that control and just eat like a kid again I eat when I'm hungry I stop when I'm full and there's no rules about that if I'm hungry I will have a snack if I'm hungry during a mealtime I will order whatever I'm craving and eat it and then stop when I'm full And there's a lot of things that you can do to help yourself eat more mindfully and eat more intuitively like that. Um, Intuitive eating is kind of like this big buzzword right now, which is annoying because I don't know why it's annoying, actually. I think a lot of people just don't use it correctly and also don't know what true intuitive eating is. But that in brief is what intuitive eating is. It's eating when you're hungry and stopping when you're full. And you might be thinking, well, duh, obviously that's what you do, but actually a majority of people don't do that a lot of people have a lot of rules when it comes to food and a lot of just weird quirks about like well I shouldn't eat that because of whatever and I think that's where a lot of our societal issues come in especially when it comes to messaging for women I think that a lot of girls are afraid to gain weight a lot of girls are afraid to not be skinny a lot of girls are motivated to be skinny because we see that as a super hyper positive thing and we see that as being healthy and we see somebody who's more curvy as being unhealthy and obviously there is a scale there are people who are overweight who are unhealthy I'm not saying everyone's healthy but also there are a lot of people that are underweight that are not healthy and I don't think that we get that messaging ever both are equally unhealthy they're just unhealthy in different ways And I think that because of the way our society has set itself up in just praising the skinny girl always, praising the popular girl in high school, and she's always the skinny, perfect Barbie doll. And I think some of that is like, well, there's nothing wrong with being the skinny, perfect Barbie doll. That is awesome. I literally love obsessed with you hope that you're doing great as a skinny perfect barbie doll also that girl has issues too and i don't think we acknowledge that as often as we do in like the nerdy girl who might be a little more curvy and is not the beauty standard it's just ridiculous when you think about it who is making up these rules and why do we all just blindly follow them i think if i could send one message today i think it would be that us girls need to stop attributing our looks to our value. And I think that we need to stop as a society attributing good looks to high value because people should be valued based on who they are and the way that I think I've heard this a million times. And honestly, it's kind of a cringe thing, but the way you look is the least interesting thing about you. Like it's just something about you. Like it's just a thing 
It's the way you look. It's the way God made you. And that's a beautiful and wonderful thing. But it shouldn't be a part of your personality. It shouldn't be a reason that people talk to you. It shouldn't be the reason that you have value. And that's something that I've had to and and still continuing to deconstruct. I'm not valued based off how I look. The way I look is dumb. Like who cares what I look like? And it's hard to have that perspective, especially with social media. I just hope that one day we'll get to a place as a society where we view food and bodies in a neutral way. Because as much as there's foods that are more higher in nutrient value and lower in nutrient value than others, that doesn't mean that a food is inherently good or inherently bad. If I eat only salads for the rest of my life, that is not healthy. Well, 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 did she just say that? Yes, she did. She did. I did say that. That's not healthy. You honestly will be miserable. You will be tired. That doesn't, a salad doesn't have all the nutrients you need. You need carbs. You need protein. You need sugar. You do. You need it to survive. There's obviously sugars that are better for you, but you need it. And also I do think you need a cookie every once in a while because that's fun and that brings you joy. But if you're only eating cookies, that's not good for you either. So it's all about having balance and having neutrality of thought when it comes to food. If I'm craving a burger one day, which I never crave burgers. I'm sorry. I really don't like red meat. It's fine, but I would never crave it. I don't know why I use that as an example. Let me use another example. If I'm craving pizza one day, I'm going to eat pizza because I'm craving it. And if I don't allow myself to have that pizza, I'm going to be thinking about pizza all the time. And now what's happened? I've elevated pizza to be something that it's not, it's on a pedestal. It's this untouchable thing. And I've overvalued food. Food is simply just an energy source for us. And our bodies are simply just a vessel in which we reside in before we die and go to heaven and are met with our father and are made whole and are made perfect in who God created us to be. And I cannot wait. My prayer and my hope is that this maybe encouraged you that this is something that you can possibly resonate with, but also just that we would all give ourselves and give each other grace just because we don't look like the girl on Instagram or the guy on Instagram or I'm not eating an acai bowl for breakfast, lunch, and dinner doesn't mean that we're not healthy. doesn't mean that we're not beautiful because our beauty doesn't come from the way we look anyway. God made us in a beautiful way. And that doesn't just mean the way you look. I feel like we take those verses and we just attribute it to looks when it's all of who you are and the way you look and the way that other people see you is just not that interesting. It's really not. Yeah. I hope that that encourages you guys. I don't know if it did. Hopefully it did. Send me a message if you resonated with this at all. I would love to hear from you guys. I'd love to hear your stories. And I'd also love to know if you guys would like to hear more about my story because this is very much a super cut version of everything that I've been through. But I more just wanted to comment on society and how 
we sort of treat women in a way that encourages eating disorders. So yeah, don't do that. World, stop. And now, if everyone just listens to this podcast, eating disorders will end. Just kidding. Literally kidding, but Anyway, I hope this encouraged you guys. I hope you are having an excellent Wednesday. I'm looking forward to talking to you guys next week. If you aren't following us, give us a follow. It's at That's Lame Podcast. We would be delighted to have you a part of the family. Tune in next week for another episode. I'm not going to say what, because last time I did, and I'm not filming an episode about college this week. So that might be next week. We'll see. It's going to be a surprise. But tune in next week on Wednesday or don't. But that's lame. Bye.